It's Friday, January 20th, 2023. Welcome to episode 37 of the Alameda Postcast, an audio service of the Alameda Post. I'm your host, Scott Beeler. In this edition, a split city council adopts a plan to continue the electrification of Alameda. Wetlands reclamation at Alameda Point hits a roadblock and people have questions. Our recent rains set records. Get to know our new city manager. When it comes to rock and roll, the kids are indeed all right. Our grand old ladies are losing a trusted friend. And the old Raiders facility on Bay Farm Island heads to auction. These stories and more on this episode of the Alameda Postcast. Our top story, this past Tuesday, the City Council adopted the Equitable Building Decarbonization Plan, an eight-year strategy to shift existing buildings from natural gas to all-electric power. The plan is driven by the City's Climate Action and Resiliency Plan, which aims to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 50 percent below 2005 levels and achieve carbon neutrality as soon as possible. Currently, 70% of Alameda's greenhouse gas emissions come from transportation, 27% from natural gas use in buildings, and 3% from other sources. In 2021, the Council took initial steps toward reducing building emissions by requiring all new developments to be all-electric. In 2022, the City expanded the all-electric requirements to include substantial alterations and additions. The plan has three phases, intermediate through 2023, near-term 2024 to 25, and long-term looking ahead to 2030. Among the concerns, the plan attempts to address the impact to low- and moderate-income households as well as ways of educating the public along the way. As you might imagine, public comment on the topic was mixed, with several public speakers expressing concern about straining the state's electrical grid and questioning whether the city and state's infrastructure was adequate for the additional load. Others applauded the move as a positive step against climate change. Vice Mayor Tony Dasog urged caution, preferring to see how such plans play out in other cities, such as Berkeley, which adopted its electrification plan in 2021. Councilmember Trish Herrera-Spencer said she supported incentives for electrification, but not mandates. Councilmember Tracy Jensen clarified that the plan is not mandating that all buildings be electrified in eight years, but provides an eight-year work plan by which the city works with the community to reduce carbon emissions from Alameda's building stock. Ultimately, the measure passed 3-2 to two with Vice Mayor Dasog and Councilmember Herrera-Spencer voting no. For full details on the council meeting, see Karen Jensen's article at alamedapost.com news. Some side notes related to this story. As reported by Dustin Gardner of the San Francisco Chronicle, the Bay Area Air Quality Management District is preparing to vote on a proposal in March that would ban new gas water heaters and furnaces in the area as early as 2027. According to the district, furnaces and water heaters produce more pollution than cookstoves. One of the concerns of a move to electrification is the nature of electrical panels on older buildings, many of which do not include 200-amp panels, which is the level that many electrical engineers say is ideal for a fully electric home. For the complete story, find a link to Dustin's article at alamedapost.com external. Finally, in some areas of the country, electrification has been criticized as simply moving your tailpipe due to carbon-intensive generation methods like coal. There are eight states where coal accounts for over 50% of generation, but that is not the case here. Alameda Municipal Power has been supplying a 100% green power mix since January of 2020. Our power comes from a combination of geothermal, wind, landfill gas, and hydropower. For details, visit alamedaamp.com and search clean energy. This is a complicated issue that, dare I say, has lit a fire under people, both pro and con. If you'd like to share your opinion, send an email to editor at alamedapost.com. 
The ongoing rehabilitation of Alameda Point is a large process with multiple moving parts. One of those parts involved expanding existing wetlands and creating a new regional park. In 2019, 7,000 truckloads of soil were brought to the area as part of a plan to increase the wetlands to 15 acres. That soil is still sitting there where it was dumped. What happened? As contributing ecological writer Richard Bangert reports, the plans were already in place for the creation of the wetlands and park. In 2017, senior health physicist Roger Lupo of the California Department of Public Health noted, quote, there is a potential of deep-rooted indigenous plant species to rupture the geotextile cover and compromise the overall integrity of the soil cover. Deep-rooted plant species should be avoided to minimize plant uptake of any radionuclides that may remain in the site, end quote. A geotextile cover is essentially a rodent barrier. Barrier against what? Well, that goes back 65 years. The Navy added a new runway in the 1950s. There were waste materials with radium-226. That was part of the luminescent paint used on things like instrument dials. Bulldozing the land ended up scraping some incidental radium-tainted artifacts from the surface of the dump. The crux of the matter is the potential for contamination from those buried artifacts. So far, 65 years later, there has been no particular indication that any contamination has occurred. Back to modern times. In 2018, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the Regional Water Board, and the Department of Toxic Substances Control signed off on a plan to dig the area to a depth of three feet, install soil, and plant shallow-rooted plants. But in July of 2020, Rajiv Mishra, the current supervising health physicist in the California Department of Public Health, told the Navy and other regulators during a meeting that a wetland above any area that might contain radiological material is not allowed, and the project would require more stringent scanning standards. However, the Navy, the EPA, California Department of Toxic Substances Control, and the Regional Water Quality Control Board have disputed this claim. The practical upshot of Mishra's decision is that the cost of the project has risen from $25 million to $46 million, a figure the Navy has deemed financially unfeasible. As of now, those 7,000 truckloads of soil are scheduled to be spread on top of Site 32 with no wetland creation, and the 15 acres to be recreated elsewhere. But those acres would not be seasonal wetlands. Not only is this a developing story, but there is a great deal of technical information to unpack. Bottom line, a process that was in progress has been stopped, and there is a great deal of disagreement. For full details, including pictures of the affected area, see Richard's article at alamedapost.com news. It appears we're out of our extended rain spell. The atmospheric rivers have done their thing, and we're headed back to colder, drier weather. Just how much rain did we see? According to the National Weather Service, the official station at Oakland saw 18 and one-thirds inch of rain from December 26th till January 17th. That's a 23-day record and equivalent to two-thirds of Oakland's annual average. Our own weather station here on Alameda reported similar accumulations with over five inches falling on New Year's Day alone. For a while, the city manager's desk here in Alameda was a bit of a revolving door. Finally, things have settled down, and earlier this month, Jennifer Ott was sworn in. Our publisher, Adam Gillett, sat down with Ms. Ott for a two-part interview. Find that conversation at alamedapost.com news. From block parties in the Elks Lodge to a headlining gig at 924 Gilman and Berkeley coming up on the 28th, that's the story of Alameda's bullfight, a band of local high school seniors who've been playing together since second grade. Their influences include surf, punk, and indie rock. They play an impressive number of originals. Get to know Bullfight at alamedapost.com features. There you'll find links to their music. It's great stuff. 
One of the challenges of owning some of the historic homes here on Alameda is where to find replacement items. For years, the go-to store was Berkeley's Omega Salvage. Sadly, after 49 years, the store is closing. The architectural salvage store held many invaluable treasures for owners of vintage homes, but the end is in sight. Stores looking to liquidate as much of the inventory as possible. Now's a good time to head over to stock up on those impossible-to-find items. Details at alamedapost.com external. More exposure for Alameda's phenomenal food culture, KQED's Check, Please! will highlight the Alameda Comedy Club, Spinning Bones, and the Park Street Tavern. Details and broadcast times in the January 20th news brief at alamedapost.com news. Feeling a little cramped in your current residence? Would 100,000 square feet help? That's just part of what's available as the former Oakland Raiders facility on Harbor Bay Parkway hits the auction block. Details and a link to get your bid form in the January 20th news brief at alamedapost.com news. Now that we're drying out, time to get back out and do some things. As always, check alamedapost.com events for a look at what's coming up. Friday night, Alterina Playhouse opens their next show. Wendy McLeod's Slow Food runs weekends through February 19th. Also this Friday, Mastic Senior Center hosts the Baby Boomer Dance Party. The event features the very best dance tunes from the late 50s through the 60s. On Saturday, East Bay Rose Society members will provide a rose pruning demonstration at Lincoln Park beginning at 10 a.m. Saturday from 2 to 4, celebrate Alameda's new Bohol Circle Immigrant Park on 5th Street. Saturday night, the Elks host their annual crab feed featuring fresh-caught Dungeness crab. That's just a sample of events for a full list, alamedapost.com events. Thank you for supporting nonprofit news for Alameda. See all the benefits of membership at alamedapost.com memberships. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Find the postcast wherever you get your podcasts, or simply tell your smart device to play the Alameda Postcast podcast. I'm Scott Peeler. I'll be back next Friday with Episode 38 of the Alameda Postcast. Postcast.